All right, should we do this? Should we do like the thing everyone does now, the radio lab thing, where it's like, oh, oh, can you hear me? Oh, hey, brothers. Hey, brother. Hey, we're in the studio. We're in Mountain Air Studio, in fact, if you need to know exactly where we are. But we're not going to give you the Google pin. But we are in a place. Unless. No, I don't know. And this week, this week, all of all of the participants of Hey Brother are sitting within touching distance of each other, which may or may not come into play at some point in this, depending on it where this goes. Blows. The podcast that has three brothers talk about music that they try to force on other people will include today. Me, Ryan, the oldest brother. Um, period. Period. I'm Alex. Alex has been. I'm in the mix somewhere. Yeah. I don't really know what number I am. People ask you, don't don't they all, all the time? People always ask me what number I, I am. Guess, yeah, I, I lied. I'm number four. I'm Lee. I'm brother number. F- I'm brother number five and, and sibling number six, which is pretty intense. Yeah, so I'm brother number three. But people always want to know what number you are, as if that's like going to be like so revelatory to them. Have you ever had anybody? Oh, yeah. A birth order. Thing. Yeah. Have you ever <laughs> have you ever had somebody get in your face about it? It's crazy. Those yeah. people are crazy. Tell me the number. Give <laughs> me a number. <laughs> I want numbers. Oh, I can tell that you've had yeah. older brother. I mean, I'll talk. I'll tell them about the abuse, but <laughs> they could just ask me. The thing that they always say is like, is like, where you know, like, where where, where do you fall? And I was like, and I always say like, I'm I'm kind of. I'm kind of quiet. I've got like a sparkling sense of humor, but I'm kind of lost in the mix. Like I try to pretend like they're curious about my personality, and they just want a cold hard number. Middle child, the peacemaker. Mine's mine's always uh, do you like being the oldest? (laughs) Like, (laughs) yes. What do you start saying? You just say yes. I just say. I tried being an only child. (laughs) When I ate my twin in the womb, (laughs) I had this in mind. I was older than a lot of them. But I'm only older than a handful now. Okay. There was no twin in the womb. Was yeah, right? I, I think, think you're so. pretty. You're clean cut. Yeah, I think so. One and done. That was it. So I chose the topic this week, and we're doing a year, which might be the most formative year of music for most Hale brothers. Just ended up being that way. I feel like 2001. Yeah, I think it was. It was kind of the way that all of us converged. Our age were were spread apart by you know so many different years. All of us have our different points in our life, but that, but in two thousand one, all of us happened to be in the same place at the same time. I think it's because we were all the same emotional intelligence that year. <laughs> we all linked up that because I think I was, I was like, like, what was the avail- availability of music online? Well, this is. I, I was kind of trying to think of why. Why does two thousand one kind of stick out? And it was kind of that point where you didn't need. You didn't need to have the radio. Right. And you could find we music. We were making on the switch own. from radio to mix CDs. Yeah. So and it was. It wasn't more. It wasn't the, you know, pressing record on the tape deck. Which While you listening to the yeah, radio, he, like wasn't making a, like a mixtape. So you missed the first ten seconds of the song. Yeah, and the dude was always talking over it. And she had the fish, man. He never <laughs> shut up. Um, That's probably why they talked over it. Yeah, that so actually no, it's true. So they, yeah, so could, sort of yeah, but um, yeah, we were, we were illegally downloading music. It was the Absolutely. heyday. Although was, we were still buying a lot of CDs. We did. I I, I say I, we. I was eleven years old. I wasn't buying anything. <laughs> I was buying uh, way more than I had money to be buying. And I think that was kind of the thing. I would kind of inundate the house with music like every couple days. I guess days. you could have had a drug addiction at that point. This was your vice was buying it's pretty music much, uh, legally. I, I did spend, like, that's the thing is I dug out my CD collection recently that basically stopped in maybe 2004. I can't imagine I bought too many CDs beyond that. And it's like $1,200 worth of music easily. Right. Easily. I don't know. That's, that's a lot of money. It's well, like it's thousands you... of CDs, so it's probably not, not thousands. It's probably about a 1,000 CDs. But yeah. it's I do remember when, when you would millions. come home from... 
uh, WoW or Tower Records, whatever. Oh yeah, the Tower Records. And you'd, Tower you'd wow. come home with a bag, and there was at least two CDs. Oh yeah, fact, two two of the and syringes, which I thought we were, <laughs> you were prepping to be like sniffing a nurse or something. That's or, how you or, open them up. That's how you... There were no syringes. Um, yeah, no, there was always there was always I'd go. So the, it was back in the days. This is how you do it. So you they, they'd have powdered like, sugar and razor blades, <laughs> different little baggies. <laughs> So in those rec- in those record stores, there's uh, they would have you know the rows and rows of CDs, and then about halfway down listening the road, halfway down the road, there'd be a listening station with like five or six CDs, and you sit there, and I'd sit there like me and Dusty Penny, we'd be sitting there for probably you were, you're standing there, I feel like standing. No, we sometimes you sit down, but okay. you'd like but just four hours just we'd be in that, yeah, albums. just looking and going through those and looking at so, and then so and buying one, you'd always come up and so you find one, you get that one, and grab you, and then, were you there that one day at Tower Records where we were looking through the aisles and there was a guy earnestly listening to something and stabbing into the air as he was listening? <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> we were, I forget who I was supposed to be looking to. like, what could he be listening Wind to? Biscuit, man. He's just stabbing the air. But that was, um, I mean, that was a very public communal experience. We don't have that anymore. And it is one of those when I go home and know that things you can't go home again moment for me is when you drive down Which you there. legally can't. No. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no, there's no, yeah. I guess all the bedrooms are free now. So he I can, can, by the way. He's coming after me. Ryan's in a squeaky clean life. <laughs> well, at least it's nothing that like would actually have me. He and my dad yelled at each other a few times. Yeah, I mean that was good. those are good times. Though. Those are good times. Those are good times. Uh, but no, the the one of my biggest ones is driving down. What is it? What street is that? Loins is what that was. Loins <laughs> no, is that, a good one. No, that's, 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 that's one of the greatest streets ever. The one that's like bouncing. It's bouncy. You, you go it's over like that. melting into the um, sinking. Yeah, but that street, and now you look over there, and it's a uh, Best Buy. Yeah, no, it's a dark, dark day for uh, which Best Buy. It's Best Buy and Walgreens. It used to be Tower Records and Sam Goody is what it was, but now it's a uh, it's pour one out. Yeah, so it is that's that stuff because those were some good moments. That that was I spent a lot of time there. That's why I used to go buy my tickets when I, you couldn't yeah, buy tickets yeah. online. Yeah. So I'd always get like get so hyped coming out of there. It was with also like the closest in and out to our house. Yeah, it was right across from in and out. So yeah, that was good. Those are good. Those are good times. This is that. That's when. Uh, yeah. So that's where a lot of this music, I think, came into the, the Hail House is from those adventures that I had. And just a quick roll call. You were twenty one. Yes. Starting that year. Yes, I started that year at twenty one. How old were you, Alex? Sixteen. Sixteen. I was eleven. Yeah. Um, just to, to kick things off, I'm going to play a song from an album that we can all agree on it was maybe the best album of two thousand one. Maybe maybe is that two strong words? Well, I'll, no. I'll, not, it's not. It's not. Too, in fact, it's not, not strong enough. <laughs> let's, let's punch it up it's a little bit. It's the best music ever. If you listen, to find a place to start talking on that one because <laughs> I get I, I felt the emotion actually even prepping for this listening to that song I was like why don't I listen to songs that make me feel this good anymore? Yeah. well and the other thing too I mean there's this idea that you can't love a song as 
strongly as you can at those tender years, you know? Right. And it was like it was like a very pivotal moment. The song is Sweetness by Jimmy Eat World from the album Bleed American. Which they changed after 9/11, right? Yeah, because it came out early. Now. It, it came out early 2000. But I think now, now if you see the album, I think they brought the name back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's okay now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Not too soon. What was it? So, uh, we we owe a lot of our influence and taste to Ryan because he was the oldest in the home. But um, how did you find this album? Because I know you brought it home. And it was one of the things that we stumbled on because you were listening to it. Um, so there's a couple different ways. So this is a this is a band. They were doing a lot of tours right before this, and they did a cool tour that they were playing down at the beach in Huntington Beach. And this may be 2001. This might be too, too late 2000, but they were playing. And this is kind of when I discovered them. Was right in this, and so um, they're playing whatever they're old, you know from songs from Clarity and stuff like that. And I remember it was one of those where afterwards. Um, they were down in a place where you could hear them talking to each other or talking to fans or whatever. I don't think I was someone over there. They're like, oh, yeah, our new album comes out in, um, I think it was June. I think it came out in June and um, or July. Anyway, it was a summer month. But I remember saying that, and I remember thinking, man, that is going to be an amazing album. Like, that was one of those, like, getting, like, because it's not this, it was one of those, you know, just a perfect moment kind of a show. We were outside in the, on the pier in Huntington Beach. I was right next to the pier on the south side of the pier there where those volleyball courts are there was a stage there it was cool it was cool okay it was cool you had to be there and so um but then i um so i was waiting for this album and it was one of those that before before like there was like blogs and stuff that were telling you when albums are coming out it was like i didn't really have a lot of experience like knowing an album was going to be out and then like anticipating it and uh so that summer um the day it came out i was doing something with some friends and we were like, we need, I need to go get the CD. And I had to talk him in. I'm like, I have to go to this record store and get the CD. Because you didn't have a car? Um, I didn't have a car. No, that was... Because you crashed your car? No, I was doing... I was doing... I was traveling with EFY, with the youth camp. That camp. Uh, and so right. I had to... like, So I didn't have a car with me. We were down in San Diego. And uh, so we went down. We found whatever record store was close by. And went in there and came back out and put it on in the car. And this is like nine in the morning, I think, or six. It's it's before breakfast, and I put it in, and all of us in the car would just sit there. And that song came on, and we're like, "What is going on?" It is. It was like it was. We didn't move. We didn't move when that song came on. Just through the whole thing, like this is the greatest song I've ever heard. I don't know where did this, how did this happen? And so, and it was with people that I don't think necessarily fit into like my whole like you know that were totally indoctrinated indoctrinated by what I was doing but man like the nobody even like the car turned on but we sat in the parking lot and we put it on repeat for a couple times and we didn't move for like and they didn't they were they were kind of I had to talk them into going they weren't like oh yeah let's go get the Jimmy World album and they're like what is this and so the rest of that summer was basically that song on repeat some of those people haven't ever been the same since that day actually and there's been kind of kind of feel <clears throat> well, di- di- they, they look distant in their eyes and they've they kind of shut down and they yeah you start talking about it they start drooling uh i do i feel i, I kind of feel that but there's that something about that it just it, it gives me so i have a couple things attached to it i have that the summer it's a summer song for me um there was a very weird relationship in there with Skip. that. Um. And so, <laughs> but that's like a thing. So it gets all those, it gets all of those, uh, it touches all those keys. But then it's just like that, the way that comes in, the way that that just has that kind of energy. Well, and, and like I was 11 and you're 21 and that song impacted me. It's like pure energy, right? It's like, I hadn't heard, I hadn't heard a song that did it that way. It was like optimistic, but it wasn't like cheesy. 
It was emotional, but wasn't emo. You know, it was like kind of like all these things that it wasn't much of anything. It was this kind of unique well, feeling. Yeah, the lyrics are very minimal in that song. It's very like ambiguous, and it's open to like almost being like the background music to whatever emotional struggle you were doing but the optimistic side of it that's what I kind of feel like with me it was the year that I went through my first breakup you know and that was like my my uh skip <laughs> <laughs> no good thanks I but actually Ryan Ryan uh I was one of the youths at that camp that Ryan was working at and he pulled me out past the curfew time out of my dorm and had me come sit in the car and listen to it. I think I think what, what the thing about Jimmy World and Bleed American was that at a time of emotional intensity for everyone, whether it was me because I was literally my brain was being formed at lightning speed at that age, or yours as a teenager, yours at the early twenties, is like Jimmy World can match the emotion of your life at that point. Yeah, and like, and they have ever since. Except they all got married, and now their music kind of feels hollow. Yeah, but then when you see them live and they play the song, it still does that thing. It kind of it has that. It doesn't. It doesn't get. It doesn't lose any of that impact. And it's weird because it, a lot of these songs that I'm going back and going through 2001 is like some of these had that weird like. They didn't really know that this. I don't know. This one still plays. It's still it's timeless, good time. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a good song. And it's better than the middle, yeah. objectively. <laughs> no, yeah. And there's like no. It's a good like, song though. The middle sounds well. The middle sounds. The middle was a good song on the album, but it just it sounds like 2001. But this sweetest one is a good like song a, for life. Yeah. Just, if you <laughs> if you have anything that you're doing that involves living, this is the song <laughs> for this song for you. Um, so. As we get going, we're gonna we're gonna kind of go through these a little quicker because we, the name of the game today is we're gonna try to get through a little more songs than normal. Yeah, we did get that. I don't know if I have more to say about any one song. Yeah, that one that one is that one is the most special probably of all of the ones. But there's some, still some special ones coming up. Um, how should, what, what, should we give Alex the first one because he's a? Um, yeah, I guess we took we all took that one. So Alex, we all took that one. Anyway, Alex, what's what's uh, what's the uh, first song we're gonna hear from you? Uh, we're gonna do a saves the day. And it's See You is the song. My God is burning. Won't you find me some water? Hey, just forget it. Can you bring me gasoline? Collect a couple forks. Hold them three feet apart. Wait for lightning to strike. To burn me up. Cause I don't think that I have got a stomach to stop. Yeah, I chose this song specifically. That album, actually, I remember the, when Ryan brought home that album. I do too, actually. I have a vivid, vivid memory of "Stay What You Are" being one of the albums that. Yeah, he got that. He like a group of albums. Maybe it was when you, maybe it was when you came yeah. back from the summer. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he had "Rock in the Suburbs" that same day too. Uh, but this song, uh, "Saves the Day" to me is all. Uh, I've always thought of him as like kind of uh, really good high school poetry. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it's like they kind of have, they have like these weird analogies and like turns of phrase that when you're in high school you're like think that that's the smartest thing you've ever heard in your life you know and you get older and it's like but that doesn't really help me Im imagine yeah. anything better it just sounds like high school poetry but the best high school poetry you've ever heard. especially especially 2000s high school poetry right <laughs> where there's a, lot, I a mean, certain that, kind of sentiment that album uh, uh the whole album has a good feel it kind of had that song kind of i mean it's 
the whole album has a very cohesive feel. Yeah. And uh, back when albums used to mean something, but kind of, I mean, people knew that they were yeah. you're going to be buying the album, taking it home, and listening to it all the way through. Right. Back when at the when the song ends, I can already start hearing the the, the next first song, one the next or the one before oh, yeah. it is, you know, because you're just so used to listening to tracks in succession. Yeah, also, like, I kind of like the idea. That, I mean, that one jumps out the gate just like sweetness is that a thing that was like happening at that, that time uh, Were yeah, people a little more brave to just jump into the song it was kind of it was kind of you had the the all these like post-punk bands that were kind of trying to make their sound a little less punk but keep that same energy up i don't know that's kind of because the old save the day is a little more like garage high school punk band mm-hmm. and this one kind of takes a little more i don't know if it's like a little more musicianship a little more just a the production sound. is definitely different yeah, it's, I mean, it's a little polished but it's, it's good but not yeah. too polished yeah not too much. Okay, Ryan, what we're gonna hear? Um, let's go with. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna open up with um, with Jack Johnson because I think this was when Jack Johnson came out on the scene here, and I'm gonna play the song "Flake." Um, I think this song actually features some Ben Harper on the steel guitar too. If you listen closely. like a weird experience seeing this person live you're going to a lot of shows back then, i was like, like basically every uh, every week i think but this one was a fingerprint show on second street well now it's on fourth street in long beach but second, yeah, but street. second street in, in long beach um it's just one of those record stores that would have people come in and this was one where we were it was always it was usually on the same day of the week i think it was friday nights back then i think it's, they, o- it's in the way that only a record store in la county could do they were bringing in like some crazy yeah well and this people. thing is like and i think that maybe this was a name that may have been floating around but again there wasn't blogs and there wasn't it, this wasn't a radio song by any means at this point it wasn't definitely um and if it was he liked it before everyone else did yeah that's the point but um but so I didn't know who this person was. I didn't. I knew. I knew Jack Johnson was playing, and it was kind of big. Old. And we walked down. We were walking down because we we're like, well, let's go check out um, Fingerprints tonight. And we go down there, and it's a big crowd outside. I'm like, oh crap, we're not going to get in. We came all the way down here. We're not going to do anything. And we just kind of like elbowed our way in through a little it. shimmy. Yeah. And so we got in there, and he was playing, and it was like, I'm like, what is this? And I couldn't. I was trying to imagine like what this kind of what this band was going to be, and I didn't expect just a one guy. It was when he was doing this, it was just one guy, one guitar. And singing his songs, and it was like really engaging. I just remember just being like totally drawn into this guy, what he was doing. I'm like, this is a. There's a lot know. of good musicians who can't just pull off the one guitar, yeah. one man with on the stage. Of, with a lot of, uh, yeah. And this was pre Ed Sheeran, okay? He didn't invent that yeah. for the record. <laughs> um, um, I do love that album very much. So, but that's when it grabbed me, and then I, I you know, spent some time with it. But it was just a. It's some good stuff. I also love the transition between this song and the next song um, on the on the. So what's the next bubbly toast? Um, well, actually, no. In this, in the version of 
on the album, I guess it is the album version. He played the end of Flake is actually a different song, oh. and it kind of breaks down a little bit faster and has a little more. Mm. Uh, but that's a, that was one of my favorite things. Well, watching him do that live was like one of the, like. The, the, do you want to hear a little bit at the end? Yeah, if you can get to that point where it's like just doing transition between the two. That's cool. I just that that part right there when you've seen it live. I, I was assuming this was a punk song that was done on acoustic guitar, and then when I heard it, and it's an acoustic guitar with like even steel guitar and kind of stuff like that. Like for some reason that because um, he kind of felt he felt like a punk rock guy doing an acoustic set that's what it felt like when i saw him the first time having no context of who jack johnson was seeing him live that's what it felt like because he had that kind of vibe you know it turned out he's a pro surfer and that kind of so i didn't know any of that going in but but yeah the, just that seeing that 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 energy was so great and then when i heard it on the i was like i can't wait to hear that on the album because it's going to be all you know intense and punk and whatever and then it's that and i'm like oh it's even better this is an, i love that intensity that comes from weird things like a steel guitar and just you know, tapping your bare feet on the ground, basically. Do you kind of feel like Jack Johnson helped a lot of people transition from that punk phase to the more singer-songwriter? I think a lot of people have... It's kind of halfway house for a lot of people, basically. (laughs) Well, and he kind of... I felt... The other thing is, my idea of what Jack Johnson was going was kind of be like this, you know, punk rock acoustic kind of thing, and he definitely didn't do that. He went to just playing beach music which is not bad i really actually i can't get over jack johnson i still think he's great i don't know that any of like nothing really disappoints me i mean the curious george soundtrack is something i listen to so yeah you have two kids yeah unoffensive and unforgettable but those first albums well there's some there's some of those i mean there's just some some of his songs that like grab you in a way that not many acoustic singer songwriter songs get like actually like get you so all right my turn we're gonna start with uh crab from Weezer Green Out. He had a very distinct guitar sound for the whole Green Album, Rivers did. Yeah. The thing that was cool about Green Album, I think it was very simple for me. I was very young. I was in middle school. Weezer was gone. They were like on hiatus. And it was like, we didn't know if they were coming back. And it was like this terrifying thing because the Blue Album was like my first true love. And then all I knew is that my brothers told me that like they might not be making any more music. Yeah. And I remember when the Green Album came out and I was like, they're, they're back. <laughs> like they didn't go away. And then it was the first time I got to like... I feel like I had some ownership over Weezer because I was listening to it for the first time along with everybody else. And I was into it. It was great. I remember where I was in the Oak Middle School cafeteria, like talking music with somebody and being like, the Green Album's good. It's a good album. <laughs> <laughs> and I was right. There's no... If you have a song that... 
as the the lean's on the lyric, crab if you wanna. She put her knickers on. It's <laughs> like the best. Yeah, what does that, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know if I really wanna. Like, I don't want to psychoanalyze Rivers at this point in his career, yeah, I think or at any point in his career. Actually, the guy's really weird, but um, but I'm indebted to him because he uh, he kind of woke me up in some ways. Whenever I hear an, uh, any kind of Weezer song since this one, because I do feel like there's this is absolutely the the midpoint or the the wall in the Weezer kid catalog. Careful, um, careful, I know. careful. <laughs> I actually love the next album, Maladroit, very much. Uh, but it's different. It's different. But the thing is, like, the, when I hear the the green the green album guitar, like, peek its head out. Every once in a while, it'll do that. We can call it the Hashpipe guitar because I think yeah. Hashpipe is the what made that. What made, oh, what Hashpipe's made a great song too. It is a great song. Um, so yeah, no, this is that. That's wait. Let me let me just play like ten seconds of Hashpipe really quick, and then we'll go to the next one. You know, you know how it goes. That's a good song. <laughs> it is good. It's, I better, to... it's better than I give it credit. I... Well, and, and going back to it, it's like, you know what? That was, um, it was crazy that in a year where I was learning about so many other songs, I had a lot of room for music, I think, back then. Because it's crazy that I was, I had that experience with Weezer and that experience with Jimmy World in the same year. Because those were big, big, big ones for me. But yeah, thank you, Rivers. What do you got, Alex? Well, let's, uh, let's, uh, Alan's not here because. Oh, should we take a break? Well, because he's, uh, Alan couldn't join us because he's out on the road driving back from who knows where. So, quotations yeah, on the road. On the road. So, we're going to, we'll, we'll, we're not going to let him skip out on this completely. We'll see. Let's, let's, uh, let's give him a call. Let's find out what he's up to. Let's see what his, what he would have added to this playlist. So, hey. Hey, Al. How's it going? What up? Where are you at right now? Uh, crappy. I'm on the I'm in Lebec on the five, and they just closed the freeway for weather because it's forty degrees. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's it, there's a blizzard here. Yeah, we're in the middle of a blizzard right now. We're we're still gonna stay the night in uh, in the studio because we'll be snowed in by the time this is over. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I don't know what we're going to do, pull over and sleep in the car. There's like a three-hour detour if we turn around. Wait, was it, is it because of rain, or what's the deal? Yeah, does 40 uh, I see roads. I see roads? I see roads. Oh, the great, it's the grapevine is where the problem is. That's snowing up uh, there. I guess there's the some snow there. there. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so Alan, we're talking about the 2001 songs. Do you have uh, one that's like the tip of your tongue that you can, as you're sitting in traffic, can tell us? You know, I added a real, I added a real gem uh, to that playlist. I don't know if it's the right playlist. Um, and uh, hold on, I got to, uh, I'd even find. I promised you guys some Euro pop, right? Yeah, right. yeah. Um, and I delivered on that, uh, assuming that it found its way through the right channels here. <clears throat> and uh, I'm, t- I'm sorry, I have to look it up because I have no idea who this person is who wrote this song. Because I literally found this song by humming into uh, uh, what they call Shazam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this was a real, hold on, I got to find out what this is. Where is it? 
hair. Did you have the playlist, the one that we were using before? I have it. Pod? I don't see a Europop song. The last one you added was All American Rejects. <laughs> <laughs> which um, which they're big in Europe, probably. I had Lane add it, and uh, yeah, it looks like it didn't didn't show up there. I can get it real quick for you. Should I add it to that one, or where should I add it? I just sent you a new one, but you can add it either way. We'll find it. I'll add it to the new one. Hold on a second. Okay, the artist is now. This is um, this is so uh, legitimately Euro pop that there is no name for the song. Hmm. Uh, there's just Perfect. some artist name. <clears throat> Hold on. Is that a European thing? Okay. Yeah, is it European? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it is, but. How do you find How do you find the song? <laughs> you just have to. I guess Sigaros does that. Yeah. You just have to hope that you're in the right place. The artist is. The artist is, Gigi, D'Agostino. So. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> Wait, and that's just. I found. I found the. I found him on. Was it blah right, blah blah? No, just look for artists. I, I added it to your new pod, your new list. Although there was only one song that I saw "Sweetness" in there. Um. Is it there? It's not Come there on, yet. Man. You added it to 2001, A Music Odyssey. Yeah. All right. Yes, that's the one. Look, normally I would have given up on this song by now. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it's it's worth a listen. <clears throat> Plus the Melanie C or Melanie B song that I I put on there um, turns out was in 1999. So this mm-hmm. is the only one I got. But <laughs> well, I mean, can you just tell us the name? Hold on, I'm gonna share it share it to y'all. What's that music movie? He's like, why don't you just tell Hold us up. what it is? Hold <laughs> tell me what it is. It's Kramer <laughs> movie phone. Yeah. <laughs> why don't you just tell me what movie you want to see? Because <laughs> he can't hear the beeps. Yeah. He doesn't know what they're saying. Yeah. He's like, yes, too. Why don't you just tell me? Does his number get confused with the movie number? Yeah, yeah and so he just, like, em- he just, he just embraces into it. it. Yeah. That's, a good, that's a good episode. All right, I did a straight share. Sorry, I missed all whatever you guys were just chuckling about. I I can't I can't walk and chew gum here. So <laughs> we were talking about Kramer from Seinfeld. Yeah, it's it's a good. You have to listen back. You it's a good joke. Wait, this song comes up as uh, nothing. <clears throat> it does. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, this is a, this is a no. real gem. No, but there's, no, there's, the there's nothing Good. to click on. <laughs> I've never seen this before. It's just empty. Is it just, is it just on your phone, and then you can listen <laughs> to it through Spotify? <laughs> you, you're the only one it's, who has a phone. It's not, because I don't. That's, a, that's how Europop it is. Um, that's really weird. I've never seen this before. Oh. It's, just a, it's just everything. Oh, I'm blank. seeing it. I'm seeing it on here too. Okay. It's like yeah, it's a blank song on here. I wonder yeah. if it's a. Are we somehow? This like... is this is the ultimate troll from Alan. He's just he's just. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's so like. Do you want me to just sing it to you? <laughs> yeah, yes, please. We'll need a few. Yeah, we'll need a few bars. Uh, this is a. 
<clears throat> man, that's such a bummer. I heard it. It's in English, and it's just this like totally catchy melody. And I assumed because I was in Europe at the time, you know. And I assumed uh, that this was something big in America, and I came back only to find that no one had ever heard of the song. So it was big, man. Song, that's what you're saying. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Although that would definitely be on there. Just pre Numa Numa, I think. Well, guys, I guess I have not, no value to add here. Then if I can't give well, you. We can uh, add the song in post production. Yeah, we'll 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 find it. This isn't the end of this. this if it exists, we'll find this it. quest has only begun. So we'll have to figure out what it is and put it on here. In fact, right now you're going to be hearing it playing underneath. So, and it will be on the playlist. But All right, I'm very cool. promises. Well, for anyone and who can hear a car horn sound, like a synthetic this. car horn sound right now, and a little kitty cat. Subscribe. <laughs> 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 uh, All right. Well. Um, well, in fairness, in fairness, this is you know I'm 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 pretty worthless on this. For this playlist because I was kind of off the face of the earth at this time, but uh, to give nevertheless, story I too. managed to scrounge up. You know what? Uh, the other one I was going to add was pink, just like a pill, but I did pink last week, so I decided against it. at at least yeah you know uh, I'm not a tough egg to crack (laughs) alright Al well we'll let you uh, not die in the grapevine well at least we'll leave you to figuring that out I guess at least die in peace at the very least yeah not not dealing with us trying to figure out what you're talking about alright godspeed guys (laughs) alright man alright be safe see ya okay see ya all right, we're back to the studio with the brothers that are here in life, living form, flesh and blood. You have a song for us, Alex? Yeah, it's um, Ozma. Yes. What song? Shooting Star from the album Rock and Roll Part 3. <laughs> Ozma, I feel like, is one of those bands that is like the product of Weezer, almost like they create, they formed because of similar feelings that you know you were talking about, Lee. With uh... didn't they actually get discovered by Rivers? I think so. I'm not. Or was I'm it, not it sure was a competition? History. Wasn't it like a Weezer competition that they wanted to open for Weezer? Right, right, yeah. Now that you're saying that, I kind of remember that. Remember that quote from Rivers is like, "They do what we do, but they but do better. it well." Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird because I didn't realize until now that those albums came out the same year. Like they had the Weezer had an album and Ozma had this album. Right. 
Um, but Ozma, an LA band that I don't think is very well known. Pasadena band. Oh, that's right. LA Which is LA, but yeah, Pasadena. They have an album that's called Pasadena for that reason. That's awesome album as well. But um, yeah, these guys, I, I think it really just like resonated with me in that high school time because it's like whenever I'm getting nostalgic, this album's kind of one that I go to. And that song, you know, is a little... Uh, I just like the way that they can really just jam. And the first time I saw them live, they would do... Um, I mean, they'd do their set, but then in between, or kind of like these intermission-type situations, they would just jam and not even... Not a, not a song. They're just, like, improvising in a way that you don't see punk bands kind of... Yeah, well, they're one guitarist because they have, like, kind of the two leads. Yeah. The balder one with the beanie. You know who yeah, I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't know their names, but he... When I saw them play at Chain Reaction Anaheim... Uh, he was like shredding like mm-hmm. and it's it's cool when you especially when i was super young i hadn't gone to a lot of shows and you realize oh a lot of these punks like they don't know how to play their instruments very well they right. have just a few good songs but then watch this guy like just shred and you realize like oh they can actually do something different live than they can do on the recording right and and he's he's very i mean the the lyrics give you an image in a way where it's like how i said saves the day is kind of like good high school this is at least college level poetry like when he's talking it really gives uh image freshman year yeah, freshman year <laughs> yeah. um but i don't Was know is there a line give us a line from that yeah um i don't know from that song or from the album that song that pretty, out to you there's the the apple tree song where everything's kind of like a playoff of the apple and um which is almost shakespearean in a way <laughs> I don't know if I'd put it that way no actually it's biblical that's true I might be so bold <laughs> I do love Ozma Ryan are you on the Ozma train um, I, this is one that I think I got from you guys because I didn't I didn't have them from oh. that. yeah I, I do yeah I the, do the feel like it became the sensei yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like this is one that I brought to the family was yeah was Ozma. I don't know who you that's were. true that was it was Alex's band I remember when they broke up for a little bit were you on your mission I think I sent you like a, a little slip of paper that said Ozma broke up oh right and I was like really really devastated and I was like hated to be the one to there's tell a, you there's a tear smear on yeah the, on but I hated to be the one but I was like he has to know <laughs> <laughs> like it's better if he knows <laughs> but even though you were had plenty of and things the, going on in Brazil and then uh, luckily I came back to a new album from them oh yeah the lines came out these but. days I mean when you're a teenager and bands break up you're like you're devastated but now I've realized most everyone gets back together and you kind of wish they never did yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> alright Ryan what you got um, I'm gonna go to let's see I'm gonna go to Radiohead I feel like this was a pretty important album of 2001 and uh, I think the song on radio on this album is uh, I might be wrong
So I do think this is a this is a good entry point for Tom York if you don't really feel like you can understand. It's moody, radio but it is. Head. But it's it's moody, but it's melodical with a like a. There's something to grab there's onto. Something, there's something to grab onto there. So I do feel like that may be one of the reasons why I grab onto this one so much. But but this uh, I mean, just that little little guitar riff that goes on throughout the whole thing. Just that that one. I can like train like I can. It's like a really nostalgic sound to me. I can like remember where I am in different places with the scene of the song. This is one of uh, one of my uh, walking at night songs. So which I did a lot. Wait, let's hear this part for a second. I love this part. I've done a lot of nightly walks with Radiohead as well. There's not many things you can do that this isn't the perfect soundtrack for it. But. Well, the thing about okay, the thing that's cool about Radiohead, especially for me at this age, because I loved that song a lot yeah. that year, which is a weird thing I think for maybe an 11 year old to like, or at least it felt like different than other things I liked, is that you had all these overtly emotional emo bands that were emerging, and Radiohead was emotional, yeah, but in a very different way. Like it's like it's like dense, yeah. And I don't know what I saw Tom York play solo recently, and it was like, it was like wild. It was it was like one of those those shows at the end. You're like, how just what just happened? Like, I felt like it was 20 minutes, but it was two hours. And I don't know what that guy does. I don't know who. I don't know which devil he sold his soul to at one point. But he has this way of. I think he probably spends a lot of time with the songs. He yeah, takes a long time yeah. to it does put feel them like together. That song feels lived in. You know, it feels like you're being given something given a window into something that like has existed for a long time which yeah. is actually a terrifying place but a place you feels right to visit from time to time yeah just something yeah it's intense i i don't listen to a lot of radiohead but i do have that feel that he's like tom york is mature in a way that i don't know is i'm not sure if mature is the right word but it's like aged yeah in a way where a lot of the bands that we've kind of already talked about are kind of like young kids having fun yeah. he's like you know he, he was he was born of the angst of music you know yeah i that was my first radiohead album and then i and the okay computer came out before that yeah i think so it was here yeah so i kind of that was that was I, my entry point and then i went back and then i went forwards and yeah, they were within a year of each other though they were pretty close yeah um but it's a moody album though i mean radiohead is always moody but there's something about um amnesiac that's pretty yeah it kind of when it does that it does there's there wasn't like a really friendly song on that album no but there was these songs that like just like pulled you in and yeah, i don't know you just you had an experience with them there was nothing you you didn't just passively listen to any of these songs i would uh i would play a mean game of roller, roller coaster tycoon with that album on repeat <laughs> i do so, so myself um all right dark, me... dark without being ghouly kind of thing that's yeah. that um, although Ghoulie, there's a time for Ghoulie music. Sure. Um, wait for a Halloween special. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this next one, we had this debate a little bit earlier. A really, really heated debate. Some of these songs we loved in 2001, and some of these songs we loved later, but they came from 2001. Mm -hmm. So this is one I found later, but I love this album. It's one of my top ten albums probably for sure. It's uh, The song is Digital Love, and the artist is Daft Punk. Last night I had a dream about you. In this dream, I'm dancing right beside you. It looks 
this was, I guess, my. I think I discovered this a few years later, and it was a, that was. A, I was experiencing a lot of emotions for the first time since so this album was there for me, and I don't really know why. I think I, I had this thing about robots, this obsession that's, that's lasted my. I mean, most of my life. I, I went by Lebot for a long period of my adolescence, and I still I'm not offended by that name. But I have this theory. I'll just throw this out there. Are you a robosexual? <laughs> yeah, Ryan wrote a short story about robosexual. Not, I'm not sure how well that ages now. That <laughs> the concept is, but maybe it's actually gotten more profound. We could talk about that another time. Yeah, the. the it was about acceptance. It, it was, was about, about tolerance. Yeah. yeah, and it was about. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a robo. I think that's where it ended. But yeah, that's, that's where it is. Yeah. So Ryan was Ryan was fits. Ryan was ahead of the rest of us probably the rest of America that's that's where that was for sure actually actually that published it so that I made sure that I, that I had the copyright on it nice. did you so that I can because I was sure that that was going to be a big deal anyway my, my theory is less controversial or maybe more depending on how you look at it but I think that robots will turn will train us uh, not train us maybe train us depending on how bleak it gets will teach us how to be human again one day that the things that we prize about being human are the things that are manipulative and, dis- and deceiving and almost menacing the thing the, the, these things we've learned and that, that robots I don't think they're going to be our enemies I think they're going to be honest and blunt and they're not going to be emotional about everything and that, and that will find humanity again isn't that a later Daft Punk album human after all yeah, yeah so for whatever reason I feel very I feel very tangled up with Daft Punk every time I mean I just I, I, I can't I don't love much music more than Daft Punk and I like to believe it's because I'm half robot yeah I am half robot, and I like to believe that's the reason I love him. I think not, I think yeah. I poisoned a lot of the, our family, or at least one member of our family, Carolyn, against Daft Punk because the when when we made the drive from California to Utah, and I had the Tron soundtrack, and we were just I just played it on a loop for ten hours. <laughs> it was good enough. It was good enough that for me that I was satisfied. It was like as soon as it was o- as it was over, I wasn't looking for anything else to listen to. I just. But Carolyn doesn't like Daft Punk anymore because of that. But... Carolyn doesn't like music. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Carolyn. Um, she has a great. She's great. Well, great have you have you guys seen? Have you guys seen? She's, she's so really sweet. <laughs> Have you guys seen Daft Punk live before? No, that is one of my. That is, I haven't seen Radiohead yet. I did see Tom York, and I haven't seen Daft Punk, and both of those. I think those are my top two bucket list situations right now. Um, they did the Alive tour 2007, and then when they came out with Random Access Memories in like 2013, um, somewhere around there, I thought they were gonna do it again, and maybe have like Nell Rogers play guitar for them because they did that album with them and. They haven't toured since 2007. So, if you're listening out, if you're listening, Daft Punk, <laughs> I'm ready. It's one ticket sold. Hey, let's give Fred a call. See what he's got to say about this. Hey, hey, Fred. Hey, Fred. How the hell are you? Whoa! Explicit content. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty good. We're coming that, gives us, that gives us the E. We're good. We're good for the E. This you got to so. earn it. It's been a while since we've been able to earn it. Um, it's pretty cold here in California, but I'm surviving. How cold, Fred? Very. <laughs> I felt like I felt it's, like a setup. He's dunking. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't really dunk it. <laughs> it was more like a layup from like. 
10 feet out. Um, Fred, so we're talking about songs from 2001, and uh, we're kind of at the point where we're realizing that basically I chose everybody's favorite music for 2001. So you think. Yeah, I mean, at this point, like, I was, yeah, just basically listening to whatever you told me to. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, did I, didn't, I hadn't bought a CD yet at this point in my life. I, iPods weren't a thing, so I just had to listen to everything secondhand. Yeah, so it was like that. I was actually just unearthed some of the um, the mix CDs I made, specifically that one that we made, um, where we kind of all voted on the top songs of 2001. Do you remember that one? Yeah, yeah, I do. So, and that was kind of a. There's some strong arming there. You have a you have a mix CD for that? Yeah, I remember we were voting on it, and I think that we were burning CDs back then. It was back when we were. It was in the Kazaa days or whatever it was. We had those cool CDs that were like black on the, on, on the, the bottom, yeah, on, on the bottom, bottom side. Mm-hmm. That I still couldn't figure out how they would work. How do they even work? <laughs> how does it not get lost in there? <laughs> so dark. So I think that. Well, that's basically the playlist right there, right? I think I think it's mostly. It's kind of my it's, my taste is the only one that's evolved since then. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> well, I'm I haven't left that. That's where that's exactly where I've been sitting for the last. 18 years so i guess that's but but the rest of you have had some chances to move on it was nostalgic enough for me that i I think i'm going to be there for another couple months though you got warped back into the the dark the the, the black cd abyss yeah so wait your taste of 2001 music has evolved since then actually (laughs) that's something we've been talking about yeah. yeah that's something we've been talking about um I think that on that CD, I made you guys vote somehow. I was trying to remember the, how it all came down, but I know there was a piece of paper, and we all voted, and it went into like a secret you, ballot. You, you somehow there was an algorithm, but you were in charge of the algorithm, so I think you just picked <laughs> so the just, top ten. Well, it, it just ended up being my favorite songs. Um, uh, Brian's never been known for his algorithms. We <laughs> <laughs> all thought something more complicated was going on. Wait, I don't. I don't know who. I don't know what won though. What was this, the song? Uh, the number. The number song was sweetness yeah and it's the number one song of this pod i I thought we did like i thought we voted on best album um i can't remember because i know there's some of those some songs some albums have two songs on them i know the jimmy world on that on that specific one had three but i do think it was because uh fillers the fillers we had to had to fill up the the you don't want to waste that that sweet sweet cd i know you don't have a (laughs) cd real estate a mix a mix cd with blank with blank space is like the saddest thing that exists i think just wasteful it is this is the hail home i guess you could do the whole thing where you have like 30 minutes of blanks blanks uh of silence and then have a secret track reverse yeah, yeah yeah some kind of i didn't know modern art i don't know if you could i don't know if you could do that on itunes back then so maybe that's where oh man i just got kind of excited because i think i have some of your i might actually have the sad but rad we need, like, yeah we need to do that i need up. to check i need to check some of my yeah i've been trying to, i've been trying to go back and like find those old mix cds i used to make because that was my obsession back then so i i'm curious to know fred if the, if you were to go back and pick a song from 2001 if it actually is one of the songs from our playlist so uh well what's uh when you're thinking 2001 what's the song that you pick um yeah i, I had our time i did a lot of research on this i didn't i didn't uh i didn't half arse this thing uh, <laughs> I, indeed. <laughs> oh wait i'm sorry we we, we can yeah. curse here right so, uh, he didn't half butt it um, <laughs> 
He, he didn't just give it. I, I, I made my own playlist on Spotify. I made my own playlist. I'm not going to say it's superior to the one you guys are making, but I think I think others have said that. But <laughs> I, I, just give us a the song. One that, the one I settled on. <laughs> also, I also want to know: should I should I plug my book now, or should I plug it at the end of my book? <laughs> we'll plug it for you. We'll do that in the credits. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did introduce. Right. Did... Um, yeah, we introduced you. I as forgot a, Fred's still, Fred's still in PR and <laughs> still book tour mode. Yeah, it's this is still part of the junket. I think he's back home, but his heart's still on book tour. All right, so the song I went with is uh, "We're Gonna Be Friends" by White Stripe. Fall is here. Hear the yell. Back to school. Ring the bell. Brand new shoes. Walking blues. Climb the fence. I mean, I don't know. It, it definitely wasn't the most, you know, the biggest song for me at that time. I think, obviously, like, uh, Bleed American was, you know, changed my life. It, you know, in 2001, it was, like, the first album I knew, like, every song on. Um, but, like, I, I mean, I don't really listen to Bleed American these days, you know, and I'm not too interested in, you know, that. But, like, uh, we're going to be friends. Like, when I started, when I learned the guitar, like, that was... You know, one of the first songs I learned is like the easiest possible song you can learn. And I. That's actually when you mentioned that. Yeah, when you mentioned that song, that's what came to mind was listening to your practice. I'm sure that was like in the Fred, following years. But, Fred, yeah. is your is your song choice your version of that song? <laughs> is it your cover? Well, <laughs> when I was on my mission, I, I had a guitar and I played it for some for some of the guys' uh, answering machine, and it it like stayed on their answering machine for like. I don't know. As long as I was on my mission, like people just loved it, you know. And wow. so I think that version probably, if, if I could get my hands on that, that'd be something. But these are people in in Switzerland that might still have. If you, if you were to call somebody in Switzerland, it's possible that that. It's probably still there. Some, some missionaries wonder if they if they left an impact. Some people wonder if they did anything of, of use on their two years. I, I was planting seeds. Not Fred. I was planting seeds, man. Uh, I was, was getting results. But yeah, I don't know. Is is white stripes? I if they did they, spread white stripes. Yeah. Are white stripes like considered a one-hit wonder at this point? No, no way, no way. No, you don't think so. That, okay. that, that yeah. comment says a lot. That does. That does say like. <laughs> that does say like what? Yeah, how much this song affected you specifically? Because I mean, there's probably there's bigger songs. There's songs that people know about White Stripes that don't even realize that they have a song Seventh called. Nathan, Seventh Nation Army is a arena chant. Yeah, it's one of the biggest songs that's, in the that's world. What I'm, that's, what, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I mean, like, I think yeah, everyone just knows White yeah. Stripes for Seventh Nation Army. They're, they're a one-chant wonder. They've one only got one chant. What is funny? <laughs> one, one's, like, Thanks. big fan. You guys thought I was suggesting that we're going to be friends if they're one hit. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, there you go. I'm like, yeah, just because you played it doesn't mean it's a hit. But I guess you know, <laughs> how many how many people have have songs that Fred has covered? I and mean, that's that's a very small. Jack Johnson covered <laughs> it too. Your cover was the one hit. You remember Jack Johnson's version? Who covered it? Jack Johnson. Oh yeah, he he. Yeah, uh, that's a song you don't need a Jack Johnsonify because it's already pretty Jack yeah. Johnsony. It's like the Jack Johnson. Well, yeah, it's, it's just such a feel good song. Like I think everybody who listens to it loves it. It's just 
it's just such a great song. Um, yeah, it's a good one. That song's very Fred because Fred Fred's the most palatable brother of all of us. Well, I know that when when Fred was a, a counselor for a youth group. Yeah, I played it. I usually played it on the first day. <laughs> to get work. Yeah. To get, to get him awesome. the mood, right? So they're gonna be friends. Wow, that's a good choice. Yeah, that is a good one. That's a. I mean, that's a, one of the. Yeah, that's, I think that album. That album specifically is in that 18 years ago range. Is kind of crazy. It's just a. That's a, it's a. I think that's an influential album for. Well, my what my feel going on with you talking about Jack White being still a really big deal, and even a more a bigger deal to people who are big deals. I was just listening to the Malcolm Gladwell podcast where Jack White was like his number two, talking about. Um, Elvis. About Elvis. That's who Malcolm Gladwell chose to kind of get his take on Elvis. So that's, I mean, that's kind of a good uh, reputation, I think. But white blood cells is the type of thing where people who like Jack White, you show them that and, you know, it'll change their world because he was already doing something. But yeah. No, yeah, White Stripes has been a big deal to me for a long time, too. So, so Fred, it's really Ryan's song, okay? (laughs) He gets this one, all right? I'm fully aware. Like I said, none of this. Mentioning Meg White, that w- reminds me. Also, she gets a shout-out on School of Rock from Jack Black. That's true. So, or from, like, little girl when she's talking yeah, about, like, about the, 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 awesome female yeah. Art, uh, musicians. Yeah. yeah. My, my third-place choice yeah. well, was going to be uh, a Tenacious D song. <laughs> well, that's definitely, that was a big year for Jack White and Jack Black. And for Lee. So, and for Jack. Lee's everywhere. Yeah. Well, hey, Fred, thanks for... Thanks for sharing that with us, man. Um, I'm not trying to take credit for White Stripes, but I just don't think that you guys discovering White Stripes is kind of isn't just like you just heard it from me. You just heard it from someone being. No, it's a great it's a great story. It was Fred's moment, but it was a great story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the point the point of my story is the point of my story is just Brian is a, a phenomenal yeah, man. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the point of all of our stories. That's what this hey, entire Fred, thing Fred, is. Fred, this is the time to plug your book. Oh yeah, so I'm an author, obviously. <laughs> um, if, if you like what you hear from me, I, I also have an audio book um, that's available. It's almost in the double digits and listens on SoundCloud. Um, so yeah, check What's it out. What's the name? You gotta tell them the name. <laughs> yeah, like if, if I mean, if you like listen to this, if you like. You know, people saying things. You're gonna love my book because it's it's called Things I Have Said. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's Wait, how do, they, how do they get it? What do they? What, you know, if I want to go listen to your audio book, we could put we could put the SoundCloud in the show notes. Okay. Other than that, I think you're just gonna have to meet Fred in person and then ask for the URL because he might do, just put the pretty obscure. <laughs> <laughs> just put the thumb drive in your computer. He, he might run into him in a, in a yeah. He'll be ready. He'll be ready. It's it's kind of an invite only kind of book. You really have to. Well, anyway, Fred. No, Fred, thanks for. Been really I've fun. been a long time, long time listener, <laughs> long time listener of the podcast. So you know, it's an honor to be on. Fred, it's the only fun. problem it's, is it's now sad. that now that I've been on the po- <clears throat> now that I'm on this podcast, I probably will not listen to it. Mm. So. I don't know what percentage of your listenership I represent, but at least five percent. Uh... <laughs> it's a shame this is what took for us to talk again, Fred. But I, I love you and I forgive you, yeah. and um, I mean you're always gonna be my brother, and nothing changes that. So I'm not there yet myself, but <laughs> okay. I'm glad you feel that way. I'm glad you're gonna have to wait a little longer for way. me. 
I'm uh, no, I, actually, I, I do think about a, a lot of Fred's. Uh, I, I'm Fred's older brother, but he still was a lot of big influence on what music I listened to. Mostly because he learned the guitar around that time, but. Yeah, he's the only one who actually took the music and did something with it. All of us just like listen and like made other people. Like, Isn't this awesome? Like, mm-hmm. Really good. Yeah, yeah, sure, this is it. All right, Fred. We'll talk to you soon, man. All right. See ya. Um, okay, so should we should we do lightning round? Five minutes. What do you think, Ryan? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Cause can I you can you guys, can you guys throw some songs on there? And just we don't won't get to all of them, but like throw some songs on there that you might want to get to. Okay. All right. Here's what we're doing. In, in lieu of a third song which we usually do we're gonna do a seven minute lightning round because there's so many good albums and songs from this year and so the longer you talk about it the less chance you'll have to play another song so it'll help okay. us be uh i can i can deal with that to the point i'm gonna hit the timer and then since we all have, we're just talking about how much we love the strokes does somebody want to use cue that one up yeah let's put up uh okay i'm hitting, I'm hitting go on the timer what what song ryan Someday. Let's go with Someday. think that there's many uh, bands on this playlist we're making right now that would sound exactly that sound like they could fit into today's music right as much as strokes I guess there's not a lot of people playing music like the strokes do right now but this is an ageless uh, album the song specifically too is a great one uh, Julian Casablancas does some weird voodoo he writes songs that are pretty big they're pretty they're pretty important I think too this is a this is one that if you don't have that in your with the times people i know get this is just good stuff i i I love the strokes i have a strokes playlist and i go back to it monthly yeah i have i'm surprised how much i go back to the strokes even now i have one (laughs) here we go she's beautiful andrew wk (laughs) yes i yeah there needed to be andrew wk on this all right here it comes WK is there's literally nothing to be said because it's just it all it is what it is yeah. <laughs> if you like it good the end <laughs> what's well, a lot it's a lot like a lot of other stuff that was released but it's just positive it's just posy rock and that's his whole thing he's all about I saw him recently and he's still he's still doing it yeah he's still yeah, doing the, the thing. party party where do you stand where do you stand on the Andrew WK is Dave Grohl <laughs> I, 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 got, I fell into the rabbit hole and I think I fall on the he's a real person side maybe puppet master Dave Grohl is, has a lot to say but he's a human yeah I mean seeing him live made me a believer 
the, the, the whoever that is, whoever Andrew WK is, he's a good dude. There's he's, that, he's bigger than a person. That's what. There's I that one photo that's like I I can see this might be too dumb for you, but yeah, no, I he might just put on some pounds. It's like the same type of thing where people were saying that like Eminem. Anyway, it's in that. Anyway, I don't want to get that one, yeah. but it's like if he if he, he can do it. It's it's wrestling. It's still it's still wrestling. Right. All right. TikTok. Alex, what you got? Uh, movies. Alien Ant Farm. Ooh. Alien Ant Farm, there's a lot of bands that I listen to because I feel like I resonate with them, or they, re- you know, it's like, oh yeah, they're speaking my, you know, my soul. I don't know what the heck this guy's thinking. And that's like really intriguing to me. It's like, this guy's nuts. And uh, he sings some pretty like basic stuff, but it's like in a way that you hear an Alien Ant Farm song and you know it's them. And uh, I don't know if they, I think they have a couple albums after this, but this anthology album is worth a listen through, all the way through. And we'll never get any attention beyond the fact that they... Oh, they covered Smooth Criminal? Yeah, which, <laughs> which is, is fun- one of the best covers ever. It is one yeah. of the best covers ever, and that probably fit in somewhere else on this, in this we journey we're cover, taking on. But, um, all right, Rain, you give another one? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Get Your Freak On. <laughs> I was joking. This no, I was not joking. This is this is an awesome song. This is one of those that. Um, if there's anything that, that that says 2001 hip-hop, it's probably this song, specifically. I'm trying to think what else was was there. This is, this is before Outkast got big. This is like, you've got Ludacris, you've got Nelly. You've got all sorts of weird things going on right now. And, like, um, Missy Elliott was the one that kept it real. She brought in Busta Rhymes. Brought That's back a cool from the song. Dead. It is a great song, and there's some cool stuff in there, but it's one of those... If anything reminds me of 2001, it's that that video. Like, think I'm sure you can see that video in your head when you're. Yeah. But that's a that's 2001 hip hop right there. Um, I gave us three more minutes on the timer because I'm having a good time. Yeah. Um, all right. On your side, Pete you Pete Yorn, uh, from the album Music for the Morning After. Pete, he's good, right? Yeah, it's an amazing album. This is it's one of those I think that kind of slept. People slept on that one. I don't think them, a lot of people knew that. I woke up on that one, and I think that that's the thing. He does a lot of stuff with Scarlett Johansson right now. That's right? true. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I had don't listen. I mean, this album is kind of a standalone for me. I like it some of his other stuff, but I feel like he made a perfect album. I have a PR story. Uh, what is it? I saw him in Park City, and. Uh, 
afterwards we went to out to eat and he was sitting in the booth right next to us while we were eating so anyway. was he handsome and he's, he's, yeah and he seemed like he's kind of tall too and kind of right. like a big you know he's gonna be tall i know, you know it's true anyways beautiful album it was more sophisticated than a lot of the emotional music i was listening to at the time and i feel like it was like like a more it was a sophisticated way to, to, to hurt you yeah. know so thank you pete <laughs> we got alex me yeah any weights ben folds oh yeah i feel like we need something to represent rock in the suburbs and so Yeah, this album is full of uh, storytelling, and I think this one, this song specifically, besides just being so like, uh, I don't know, it really grabs you, and you can kind of like feel for this Annie girl. But toward the end, he he kind of throws himself in there, and then you like see it from his perspective, and it's like, I don't know, it, Ben Folds is a master, and it, 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 he can be, I don't know, sometimes you might think he's overplayed or something, but it's like you want something done well, uh, and. Ben Folds. If he came out with an album right now, I'd know it. I'd know it'd be just awesome. So yeah, this is one of those uh, songs and albums that like the memories I have tied into it are just me trying to like follow the story. Yeah, like I, I'm in the song when I'm remembering it. He's kind of a nerd, right? But he's a good. He's a, he was one of the good ones. Yeah, doesn't he do one of those uh, reality pick a singer shows Maybe. nowadays? Oh, All right, Ryan. He's he is the type that would be. Like, um, we're getting down to the end here. I'm gonna go with. Uh, Further Seems Forever All right. New Year's Project Here we um, go This is Chris Caraba In a different way I have discovered this a little bit after 2001, but I did discover this with him opening for himself as Further Seems Forever and then playing a show as Dashboard Confessional. That's a lot of an emotion. It's, it was intense. And I look back and like the Dashboard Confessional thing doesn't like resonate with me as much as it used to, but this kind of, this one still kind of hangs with me. I mean, crying, crying your eyes out. Yeah. I saw him at Chain Reaction. I did feel like I was out of place, but I still had a good time. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big, Chris Carabba was big to me back then. I just don't quite, can't go there as much anymore, but the song kind of hangs with me. All right, how do we feel about this one ending? Tenacious D, tribute. Speaking of storytelling. <laughs> Let's just play out a little, a little bit. This is the greatest and best song in the world. Tribute. Long time ago, me and my brother Kyle here. How explicit does it get? Is mom, your mom going to listen to this? <laughs> it's not till the end. Down. You're fine. Okay. Along and a lonesome road. 
all of a sudden, there shined a shiny demon in the middle <laughs> of the road. So and like, he said, play the best song in the That's world, David Grohl in the music video. Yeah, the, the devil. He had a busy 2001. Well, me and Kyle. <laughs> Allegedly. We looked at each other. And we each said, Okay. And we played the first thing that came to our heads. Just so happened to be the best song in the world. It was the best song in the world. Look into my eyes and it's easy to see. One and one make two, two and one make three. It was destiny. I mean, if we're taking Matt's word, it's pretty amazing that they were able to play the best song in the world when they really needed to. I, I want to hear that song so bad. Um, this is a pretty good song. Yeah, this is, this is the tribute to the best song in the world. It's not the best song in the world, so... Um, it just so happened. Isn't this funny? Is this how most of the world found out about Jack Black was through this album of Tenacious D? Well, he wasn't doing. He wasn't didn't have big acting gigs. At what that was point. his big acting gig? Orange County. Oh yeah, that was his first. Was that around like, the same time? Maybe. Shallow How. Shallow How. Right. Was that? Uh, I think that this whole that his connection with Kyle Gass in here they they did one of these for a SNL audition and didn't make it. Oh really? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Well. Thank you, Jack Black. He's given us a lot of joy in many, many forms. But my the first form was this album. Yeah, this album was unbelievable because it was funny and also better music than you've ever heard anybody play. Should we talk <laughs> about that show we went to see that was Tenacious D, Jimmy, Jimmy World, World, and, and Weezer. Weezer? Yeah, yeah that, that was, was that was the the most 2000 show of them all. I wasn't there, so they were all represented in this. Yeah, it was it was a pretty intense moment. They could get, if they did that, that would be an okay tour to bring back. Yeah, it know. would be. Was Tenacious D headlining? No, no. Because yeah. now it was Weezer. Now was, who yeah, would, who so. would headline that show now? I feel like Jack Black by himself has more star power than the, any of the bands. Yeah, I think Weezer just by virtue of being like a old band now, they can. Weezer so. can do what they want. Yeah, yeah. They can but I don't know. Yeah. That would be it. Would be cool to see that happen. <laughs> yeah. Um. This was a. I think we did some good work here. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to play us out with some elevator music that you guys might not know came out in 2001. Is there anything, any last words you want to share before we, before we bid adieu? No, I, I like the, I like the, I like revisiting a year as a theme though. It was, it was, it was pretty fun. Yeah, I'm not sure if we'll find another year from then till now that was so rich with. I mean, maybe during Mozart's life was there a year, <laughs> yeah. but not since and not before. I remember non-ironically sitting around thinking, I was like at some point during, let's say November of 2000, they were recording Sweetness. Oh, yeah. And like, I wanted the world change. Yeah, I where, was I? <laughs> where was I? Where was I that Do you think I could, could I feel, feel it? it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's... yeah. When Jim Atkins was laying down those tracks, like, <laughs> did he know what he was doing? <laughs> um, I always think about that with like really, really bad songs. Like a producer being like, that's the one. That's the one we're keeping. <laughs> you know, just like they're just awful pop. Some, some garage in Mesa, Arizona or something. Yeah. The w- world was reborn. Yeah. We're indebted to, to, to Jimmy. Well, um, can I play us out? Yeah. Here's some, uh, here's some elevator music, also known as "Remind Me" from Roy Kasab, which is a oh, nice. one of my favorites from 2001. It's like 
Should we get some credits while he's thinking? <laughs> Do we have credits? I guess so. Um, um, hey Brother is a production of uh, Mountain Air Media. It's brought to you by um, the the uh, the uh, the fount of never-ending wisdom that is the Hale Brotherhood. I suppose that's as good as it's going to get there. All songs are owned by their record companies, I guess. We don't own them. We just yeah. play them and go by them. If this ever gets big and we get, you know, I don't think that that, then I don't think that that disclaimer we'll is good. <laughs> we'll be flattered as well as disappointed. Is it too premature to do like a covers? No, let's that's do covers. That's, that's going to be a good one. Until then, 